Hello and welcome to the Run With Soul podcast. My name is Beck Mitchell. I am your host and this is episode eight. I have been doing a nine-part series over the last couple of weeks about the World Marathon Challenge, how I became the fifth female to represent Australia in the World Marathon Challenge, which of course is an event uh, that takes you all around the world in a very short space of time, running seven full marathons on seven continents in the space of seven days, which was uh, definitely an interesting event, as I'm sure you can imagine. So again, over the last couple of weeks, we have been sharing about the individual marathons and today is no different. I would absolutely love to share with you about the final marathon. Now, this was held in Miami in South Beach. It was a beautiful location uh, to conclude the entire event. And by the time I got to the uh, beach in Miami, um, I was very, very excited to be there. It was the final race and only hours before it felt like we had finished um, in Brazil, in Fortaleza, and we didn't have a lot of time to skip across to Miami and get the final race completed. So here we are at the end of a very long, exhausting and uh, massive week. Uh, Here we are about to run the final marathon and um, being the final race, I think it come with a lot more emotion than the rest of them. Um, obviously, we'd been through a lot. A lot had transpired that week. And as participants, we were doing whatever we could to get through every marathon that we were confronted with. And when it got to that final race, it was like it was really here, like it was about to it was about to conclude almost like I was a little bit sad going into that final race, knowing that at the end of this race, we would be done. And that was definitely a thought that entered my mind a couple of times. So. Here I am, South Beach, Miami, about to officially, you know, metaphorically conquer the world. And uh, what a week, hey? Like, it was an emotional roller coaster just to get to that start line of the final race. You know, there were some participants that unfortunately didn't make that start line in the final race because of whatever reason that happened throughout the week. And um, it's a bit of a task, you know, not just to do the individual ones, but to, to mentally and physically get yourself through the rest of the week just to get to that start line in the final race, knowing that you had come that far and that you only had you know, that one race to go and then it would be all finished, which was, um, yeah, it was, it was a daunting thought, but it was also a huge blessing just to be there and um, be able to do what we were doing. So here I am. Uh, six marathons down, let me say that again, six marathons down and we are standing at the start line. Heaps of uh, friends and family have turned up to greet some of the other participants. Uh, obviously they were from America and their families could you know, come down to the start line and support them which was just amazing to have all these people there and we were really under the pump in terms of time. We, we flew in, I think it was about four o'clock in the morning when we hit the airport in Miami Uh, And we all knew that the deadline for the 168 hour mark to complete all seven marathons was midday. So we didn't have a lot of time to get from the airport straight to the sort of setup and then get going. Like we really needed to get underway. So there was definitely a sense of urgency when we hit the start line and um, the family and friends were there and they, you know, got to say hello. And there was a few minutes of of greeting, but really um, the pressure was on to get underway in a very, very short space of time. So 
I'm standing on the start line, obviously from being from Australia, I didn't have friends and family there, but just to see some of the the supporters of the other participants was really great. Meet some of the people that obviously the participants had talked about during the week and um, we got underway very quickly. So it was a, uh, roughly around 5am, I think. It's all a bit of a blur, <laughs> but I mean, it was, it was definitely not light. It was dark and um, the sort of lights of the, of the Miami South Beach were still um, very visible and the sun hadn't come up yet. So we got underway. I was running with my friend Linda again and uh, we took off from that final finish line and really just got going. Like that was really the feeling that I had. I just knew that I was there and just needed to get going. <laughs> and so that's what we did. Uh, it was a five loop course and I ran the whole first loop pretty much with Linda and we tried to keep up quite a bit of a pace it wasn't um, about taking it slow in this final one. Even though we had done the six other races, we knew again we were under the pump and, and time was looming. So we just pushed to to get going. There were lots of things that went through my mind in that final race. You know, people often ask me what that final race was was like because it's not just a race in and of itself, you know, trying to do another marathon it was such a culmination of the physical barriers that I'd pushed through, the mental barriers that I'd pushed through. And just that whole experience was sort of coming to a crescendo. It was like the finale. And that was, that was overwhelming at times while I was running in the middle of that race. I would, I would just get really excited or I would feel these emotions and um, maybe even overwhelmed. And I could just feel it kind of rise and fall throughout that whole race. It was like an up and a down and an up and a down. And I was just remembering all of the experience that I'd had throughout the week and all of the people that I was running for. And a lot of my mind wasn't consumed with the thoughts of that race and, and the physical exhaustion that I was feeling. It was consumed with all of the things that helped me get there. And that's probably one of my, one of my biggest encouragements when it comes to to that final race is that for me that glorious moment was not about me being there doing what I was doing it was about everything that I had given up to get there you know I sacrificed a lot as an individual to to work hard for you know the better part of two years and I, I had to give up a lot and people that I was connected to had to sacrifice a lot and it was hard work to get just to the World Marathon Challenge, that first start line, let alone getting me across that final one. And I think often we can, we can look at people that are successful in any field, whether it's a company or whether it's a race, and we can think that they just sort of turned up and were good. <laughs> they just sort of, you know, looked amazing in that moment and we forget that that moment wasn't the amazing part. It was all of the moments that led to that. Being extraordinary doesn't just show up in a moment. That kind of moment reveals what you're already made of. And so for me, I was, I was just thinking a lot about the sacrifices that I had made to get there. And there had been a few times over the course of the lead up to the event where maybe I didn't feel like those sacrifices were worth it. But in that final race, I could really feel a sense of accomplishment thinking, you know what, every single small thing that I gave up to get here was so worth it. And maybe that's 
maybe that's what you're in the middle of at the moment. Maybe you're facing something and it just kind of feels like the things that you're giving up to get there aren't worth it because you're not experiencing that that final moment, that success. And if you're feeling that, my encouragement to you is that hold on because your success is coming and every single little bit that you put into it, you get back tenfold. So keep putting in the effort, keep showing up and you'll get there. I really did... I really did push myself that that week and that race even. <laughs> I had another strategy that I implemented. Um, it was another run-walk strategy, which was interesting because I pulled off my fastest time in the entire World Marathon Challenge in the final race. I, thought, I, don't, I don't understand how people do that. Like, I don't understand how I did that. How is it that after doing six races back-to-back in the conditions that we were running in, how is it that in the seventh race I run my fastest time? You'd think that the fastest time would be around at the first race. But that just shows you how much I pushed myself. And in that final race, it was no different. It wasn't like, okay, we're at the final race, let's slow down. It was like, how can I push myself even more? Even though I have stretched myself beyond my limitations so much this week, there's always more. Like there's always more in you than what you know. And for me, I had recognised that time and time again during the week of the 777. There was just so much more and the race in the Antarctic taught me that and especially all the races taught me that I'm really capable of so much more than what I think. There was a moment in the final race that I looked down on my arms and for some of you, you may have seen the photos and for those that haven't, uh, I wrote a list of names on both of my arms while I ran the World Marathon Challenge On my right arm, I wrote a a name of a person or a family every race um, that had inspired me or helped me be the person that I was when I did that race, the person that I'd become today. And so at the end of the, the race, there were seven names on my right arm of people that really helped me throughout my life. And then on my left arm, I wrote the name of a person that had lost their life to suicide because the entire reason I was doing the World Marathon Challenge was to help people feel like they have hope. And it was a suicide prevention campaign. So um, here I am in this final race and I've got these two different lists on either arm. And I remember looking down at the end of that week and, and seeing these names and just thinking, you know what, this is so much bigger than me. I'm here getting the chance to run around the world. And that felt pretty special. But what What felt even more special was knowing that I was doing it for a purpose, knowing that there were people, like names and faces of people that I vividly remember that either had helped me or that needed hope. And those lists inspired me so many times and I just, I was so proud of myself for being in a position where I could help other people. I was not running for me, I was running for somebody else and that That was just, it was such an honour. It was such an honour. One of the things that I found fascinating in that final race is that feeling of knowing that it's all going to be over. I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to finish this next couple of Ks or however long there was to go. And I was a little bit sad that it was finishing because it had been such an extraordinary week and all things, you know, all good things come to a close at some point. But I don't know that I was prepared for that. And... I've got one more episode that I'm going to share as a bit of a 
sort of culmination of the whole event. And I'll share a few more details in that. But obviously a lot's happened since the, the World Marathon Challenge. Like we, we finished up and then like two weeks later, the world came to a close. You know, it sort of stopped <laughs> because of COVID and there was so much going on. And looking back on that moment, I just really now appreciate what I had. And I, I really appreciate the people that I was able to run with and the experience that it was. And I was actually remembering that in the moment. Like I remember running along and, you know, the sun's risen and it's this beautiful warm day in Miami. And, and I, can, I can feel this appreciation for where I'm at. And sometimes that's hard to sort of stop and smell the roses, so to speak. And I'd love to encourage you if, you, if you're sort of just sort of caught up in the moment right now, maybe take a moment to just sort of think to yourself how far you've come and really appreciate all the great things in your life, all of the things that are, are surrounded you, you know, all of the, your friends, your family, if you've got, you know, a good workplace, whatever the things are that you're thankful for, like it is important to stop and to breathe that in. And I found myself doing that, particularly in the final lap. I was like, this is it. Like once I cross that finish line, it's over. I don't have to run a marathon tomorrow or day after that or the day after that. And I'm really going to miss this experience and I'm going to miss these people. So sometimes it's important to stop and, and really breathe it in and appreciate it. And that's what I spent the last lap doing, appreciating the experience. Funnily enough, um, there was a bit of a challenge with the course measurement in that final race and I actually didn't have to run the whole final lap that we had plotted out for the course, which was a nice feeling. It would have been worse to have to run further, but I got to run less, which was mentally really great. And after I crossed that finish line for like, I guess, the second last time as I headed out for that final loop, um, I'd kind of got into celebration mode. And I was really, like, I was really looking forward to crossing the line and celebrating and getting excited. And just as I started that first final, um, you know, couple of kilometres, I think it was about 3.5 k's I had left to do. I got so excited and I was like, this is it. Like, yes, let's do this. And just as I got ready for that final three and a half k moment that I needed to do, I had this almighty blood nose out of nowhere. And I know it's a bit gross and whatever, but... I'm sharing because it's such a real moment for me. Like I was right there. I was right in that moment and I was getting ready to cross the line and I'm all excited and then bang, this thing came out of nowhere. And I had to stop, of course, because it's really warm and I've got blood everywhere. <laughs> I look like I've been beaten up. So I quickly tried to find one of those, um, you know, when you go to the beach, you have like a like an outside shower that you can just kind of wash your your body off with after you get out of the salt water. Well, I ran over to one of those and I just kind of stuck my head under the tap and just turned it on and cooled my body down and just waited for the blood nose to pass. But it was costing me time and it was frustrating. It was just this annoying moment that literally was a curveball. It came out of nowhere and I was like, what's happening? And maybe that's where, you know, you're at at the moment. Maybe there's times in your life where you you've been so close to accomplishing something and then this thing has come out of nowhere that you didn't expect. And for me, that's happened time and time again in my life. But I just, I literally, I was standing under this shower with my head just consumed with the water and just laughing at myself at this experience and this dilemma that I found myself in. It was actually super funny. Like I vividly remember laughing at myself because I was just like, seriously, of all things, like right now, I get a blood nose. Like I'm just about to cross the finish line of the World Marathon Challenge and I have to stop and pay attention to first aid. Like really? 
<laughs> but life is like that. You know, sometimes it throws things at you that you don't expect. And for me, I could have gotten frustrated by that and I could have let that, you know, ruin my moment. But it just, it just faded into insignificance for me. I laughed it away. It was like water off a duck's back. And then once my blood nose finally stopped, I just got going and I thought, let's do this final couple of Ks and let's be done. So there you go. <laughs> Sometimes that sort of stuff just happens and, and you deal with it along the way. Um, again, I ran my fastest time in Miami, which I was super excited about. And um, it was just under the five-hour mark. And to do a sub-five in the final seventh marathon, I was, I was really excited. But more so, the thing I was actually really excited to was the finish line photo. So whenever you cross a, a finish line as, as a runner, you know, everyone that is a runner would know you, you have this moment of like, yes, the finish line photo. And there's always a photo of you crossing the line and receiving your finishers medal and stuff like that. And I was super excited. And I had this image in my mind of how that moment was going to go. You know, when you sort of plan it out ahead of time and you think this is what I'm going to do and this is what it's going to look like and it's going to be fantastic. And then it'll be this this photo that I just have, a, has, have as a memory that I can just keep forever. Well, I, I thought it through and I planned it all out and I'm like, this is what it's going to be like. And so as I was approaching the finish line, everyone starts cheering and I was like, yes, this is my moment. And one of the things that I'd planned to do was like turn my hands into like a fist, kind of like pump my fists really so that to show that I was excited. But as I wanted to run across the line, I kind of wanted to grip my teeth and like smile but grit my teeth at the same time just to kind of look like yes I'd conquered it and I got really excited and the other thing I did is I wanted to sort of swing my arms up in the air so then when I did that it would look like I was really 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 celebrating that moment and as I did that <laughs> as I kind of clenched my fists and lifted my arms I was gritting my teeth and that, that photo looked amazing but that sort of next step just as I really crossed the line I had the tape in front of me I lifted my arms and I collected part of the tape with my arm and then what ended up happening is that I kind of dropped it right in front of my face and the tape like almost like just hit me in the neck <laughs> so my finish line photo of the world marathon challenge is me with my arms in the air <laughs> with this gritted facial expression and then like the tape across my neck <laughs> Like I'd just been clotheslined. It's hilarious. So let's just say the finishing photo did not go according to plan. It was nothing like I thought in my mind. But at the end of the day, it's this weird photo that just sums up an incredible, incredible week that I had the privilege of being able to do. And at the end of the day, the entire World Marathon Challenge was not about me. But I was able to accomplish something that I never thought possible. You know, little old Beck Mitchell from Mount Evelyn, Victoria in Melbourne. You know, it's this tiny little country town. There were so many reasons why I shouldn't have been able to achieve what I did. You know, there are so many reasons, things throughout my life, challenges that I've come up against, experiences that I've been through. So many things taught me that maybe I, I wasn't able to do extraordinary things. And I guess I'm an example of someone who, you know, when you're Put the hard work in and when you persist and when you're really willing to work for it, um, anything really is possible. I'm literally the definition of impossible made possible. And I really want to encourage you, like, like I'm literally, it's been three months, three or four months now since the World Marathon Challenge and I'm still sharing and, and talking to people about the experience and, and what it taught me. But at the end of the day, 
the biggest thing that I want you to walk away from listening to my experience is that you can do so much more than what you think. I can do so much more than what I thought. And, and the 777 showed me that. It showed me that the capacity that I have as an individual, like the human spirit, really is strong. And you are strong. And I'm sure there's, there's dreams and hopes and visions and goals and things that you wish you could do in your life. And how sad would it be if you went through your whole life not achieving those things? I really put myself out there with the 777 and I took on something that was so extraordinary and so far-fetched and just out of this world and I conquered it and I got it done and I'm so proud of that. I'm so, so proud of that and that's okay. It's okay to be proud of things that you've done in your life. It's not arrogance. It's being proud. I am proud of what I accomplished and there's more for me. There's more for you as well. No matter where you are, no matter how old you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, there's more for you. So as I conclude the podcast, episode eight of a nine-part series with the World Marathon Challenge, finishing up in, in South Beach in Miami in Florida, which was a beautiful part of the world, my greatest encouragement to you is to not be afraid. Don't be afraid to set big goals big dreams and then go out there and chase them down and when when you do what you're doing don't just do it for you <laughs> I had such a privilege to run for other people to support other people to be an example for other people and my hope is that you would also be an example for others thank you so much for listening I always love sharing about this journey and I really hope, hope that it's in some way adding value to your life. And if you've got any suggestions of podcasts, feel free to, to send them in or even just comment on the podcast so I can create content that's helping you. I'm sharing my story and I'm sharing about the World Marathon Challenge, but there's so much more. So let's do this journey together. This has been the Run With Soul podcast. I'm your host, Beck Mitchell. And remember, no matter what you do, whether you're running a business, running a family or running a race, run it with soul.